0: Welcome to Brazen Education with Educator Barnes, a podcast with a focus on speaking your truth, being transparent to help others, and having no shame about it, because we can't move forward until the truth is known. All right, welcome back to another episode and we have two fantastic guests. With us today, we have Ashley Thomas, Rise Indy Vice President of Organizing, and we have Marisa uh, uh, Gertie, Gertie, Marisa Gertie, I'm gonna get it right, National Parent Union Deputy Director of Parent Voice and Outreach. Ladies, welcome to the show tonight. Thank you. Thank you for having Not me tonight. tonight. And if you notice, both of them, their background is organizing, working with parents. And many times when I've had this conversation, I've been talking to teachers, I've been talking to parents, but it's, and I've been talking to administrators but sometimes people are wondering like how do i as a parent use my voice to get change to happen in my school and i hear a lot of i went up to the school i tried to talk to them no one responded back to me this is happening to my kid what do i do and so on this episode we're going to talk about what that work really looks like, how do we get stuff done? And then how can you leverage your parent network um, to come beside you and work with other organizations potentially to really get some things done? So, um, ladies, tell us a little bit about how you got into this space. What made you want to be a parent uh, advocate? <laughs> um, I, I
1: Interesting um, is that I came into this because out of pure necessity for my own children so my oldest son was in kindergarten um he was attending a school in indianapolis that was a letter f grade according to the indiana department of education and they were a letter f grade for six years by the time he was in kindergarten and so um i started going through some workshops that the school offered um hearing about this information i started really thinking about fight or flight. Like, okay, do you stick this out with this school? Um, there's some better options that are out there. Um, however, Once I really started allowing it to sink in and recognize the voice that I have, I've always had a voice. Um, I recognized that I could really stand up with other parents at that school, and I could really say, like, we deserve a better option, a quality option, and how do we advocate for what's right? And after going through that whole movement of advocating for my own kids' school, um, getting a turnaround program that they were not expecting that we were going to be fighting for, but we fought and we stood, and we stood with teachers we stood with the principal, and we stood with community to advocate, but parents play a significant role in that movement, and we recognize that it can't stop here. Um, everything that i stood for sticking it out with that school um, and advocating for that school to be great in my own kids neighborhood in my own neighborhood where we live is going to help uh, the fruit of what happens in that neighborhood for years to come and so recognizing that and also recognizing that the school up the street also does impact what our neighborhood looks like in the next 10 15 years and the one up the street from that one and so um, after that particular movement i got into the work i got an offer um, to work for an education advocacy organization, and the rest is history.
2: Well, my journey, um, it started with my mother, because we, we're, I'm first-generation Dominican, and my mother, because she did not have a strong grasp of the English language, she always had me and my older sister speak on her behalf. She knew what she wanted to say, but because she didn't speak English, we ended up translating. So that happened for me at a very early age. But what really um, pushed me forward in the work that I do is, because my mother had to work two and three jobs to make ends meet, I promised myself that when I became a parent, I would be as involved as possible. And I was graced with being able to have the kinds of jobs where I either went in so early in the morning That after school, I was able to be at those after school activities, at those sporting events, at those parent meetings. So I ended up being part of uh, the groups of parents that then uh, were there to, to speak up, to activate themselves, to advocate for their children. And then because me being me, I always have to know what's going on. I hate being the last to know what's going on so i encourage other families do the same thing do not be the last to know and also call the school leaders to the carpet if they're not making their school environment welcoming for families and that's the thing there are so many families out there that are not part of what's going on in their children's education not because they don't want to but because they're dealing with their own personal traumas that they experienced when they were in school or that school is just not welcoming to families. So we, I'm here to, you know, being and then part of the organization that I'm a part of, we are all about making sure that families understand their rights for their children.
0: So how do you guys go about the work of helping parents understand their rights? Because many times parents will say, I went up to the school and the school said, well, you had to make an appointment. I try to make an appointment and then nobody responds to the appointment. I don't understand what's happening. There's an app I'm supposed to be on, but I don't know how to get on the app. So wh- how how do you even start with parents to probably come to you very, very frustrated of like, I did try and it's just so much work. And maybe school wasn't a, a great place for them. Maybe school is a place interacting with, was traumatic and not a happy place. Like, how do you guys help parents who may come to you almost in a, a state of defeat?
1: Yeah, yeah. You said a whole lot. Um, I mean, honestly, Yeah. Um, I have experienced a lot of parents who have come to me um, very frustrated. Um, They've heard a lot of things. um, And they really, most of the frustration that I've uh, really seen for the most part have really been from their lack of knowledge. They don't know how to navigate the system. Um, This is a system where Um, if you have to choose between, you know, cursing everybody out in the school and believing that that's going to be the way that's going to get you the results or just saying like, I'm not going to do anything because I'm afraid to ruffle feathers because I uh, may have a family member who's not documented. And I don't know what that, how that's going to impact my family. There's so many reasons why parents are not standing up and speaking up, but majority of the time is from their lack of information. Because even if someone has undocumented family members or they're undocumented minute. You still have every right if your child is in that school to go and speak up about what is right for your child. And it does not always have to come off as irate or disrespectful because many times parents are responding from their own personal experiences. Like you said, um, they've had experiences. Maybe they didn't have an advocate growing up, someone who was advocating for them, or maybe they did. And their advocate was similar to an advocate that I've had in my life that showed up and would curse everyone out at the school. So, you know, ultimately we are, as parents, we're going through that process of teaching other parents how to um, unlearn their experiences and walk in without all of the perception of what they've experienced and just calming down. One, it's just saying like, hey, you have to see these individuals in this core people as well. Um, They're not that person who has more education than you, even if they do. You have to walk in and see them as humans they are making decisions every day. They need your input. If they don't believe it, then you're going to show them the value of your input because it's important because schools cannot move forward without your voice and if there's one partner missing from the table then guess what education is going to be shaky we're going to constantly have issues if there's one partner and parents are a critical partner so the first thing that i actually recognize that when engaging parents is really about educating them because again their responses are normally because of lack of knowledge so educating parents hey This is what your rights are. Hey, did you know, can I teach you how to use that system on how you can communicate? Um, That system is also helping you create a paper trail and a paper trail is helpful Mm -hmm. for you because you showing up to the school or you calling the teacher or, you know, you not creating that space for yourself. Sometimes that teacher or that principal forgot all about it because you just popped up at the school and you didn't send an email saying, hey, it was great to see you. I can't wait for you to reach back out about this information. Can I help you even writing the email? Sometimes it goes down all the way down to the basics because the things that are really intimidating and I know I heard this earlier around acronyms like I heard this acronym or I heard you know they said boy what is that? what does that mean beginning of year assessment all of these acronyms and then parents immediately are feeling intimidated and the first thing they're going to go to is their natural response. Sometimes that, not, that is not the response that you want to see, but in reality, that is what they're doing, and they care about their children, regardless of if schools like their response or not. So letting them know, like, hey, you have power and you having knowledge, because we have always heard knowledge is power, knowledge is power, but in reality, if we're not sharing the knowledge, if the information is not in the right hands, then how are they going to understand that they have power? So in order to build that movement, it does start with education. When there's an immediate need, hey, what's the immediate response? If it's around bullying, these are the policies because it's important. I know we're going to talk about a lot of things tonight, but you know, if it's around policy or around legislative policy, this is the policy around bullying here in the state of Indiana. This is what this looks like. Educating them like, hey, these are your rights. There are people surrounding this policy that are invested in this policy. Understand the people who have stamped on that approval of this policy. like So you walking into the school and sharing this information, you got all these elected officials right behind you simply because they signed on supporting this policy. So understand that you are not alone when you walk into this space. You are not alone. Mm -hmm. You have a voice. And how do you elevate that voice? And how you elevate that voice can impact others. Going back to my story, my story was like, hey, there's a few of us parents here advocating. But guess what? We impacted over 500 kids in that building, simply for a few saying, we're going to lift our voices. So that is what you have to start with. Education to get them elevated to empowerment and stop handing them a fish. Teach them how to fish.
0: Hmm.
2: What you said was absolutely correct. I just want to add to that. Um, families only know what they know. And my uh my pet peeve has always been where people, you know, people in the education space see families and they some some of them have this perception of because I'm a teacher or because I'm a school leader, I know more about educating your child than you do. And so many of us in the advocacy activism for education space are very quick to explain to those individuals that I was my child's first teacher. I Mm. understand my child or the child that I am caring for, because a lot of the Caregivers are not the parents of these children. They may be their aunt. They may be their uncle. They may be an older sibling. They may be a grandparent. They may be a foster parent. So it can be someone that although they may not have raised that child or been with that child from the point of birth, they are invested in making sure that that child has every opportunity educationally and has a right to have that education. But a lot of the things that are being thrust upon families to understand, just like you, both you and Ashley said, these systems that are put in place, these apps. Um, what is the purpose of? Be, what good is an app if a family member does not even have a cell phone that has a Wi-Fi service attached to it? If they don't have Wi-Fi in their home, if they do not speak the English language. What is the purpose of you pointing them to an app if you're not even making sure that what information is given to them is understandable and in a language that they can understand? So that is, as far as I see, the first step in making sure that families engage with schools is the school being cognizant of the needs of their school community and asking and actually sitting down and speaking to their families and not make assumptions about their needs, but asking them, what do you need for your child to have an educational career that is successful?
0: And I want to ask something on about what you said about, you know, is it accessible? Is it in the correct language? The other thing I think that's missed in schools many times is the auditing process of things you put in place, because sometimes I'll talk to schools and I said, well, did you, you know, translate this into whatever language? Oh, we did. But then you hear, because they can track to see how many people clicked on the stuff and open it. Well, it's not getting open that much or, or a whole bunch of people open it, but they didn't do what it said. So now when you get down to the why, oh, you use some type of program or you used a, a service, but the translation wasn't. Translated in a way that actually made any sense. And then you also have the secondary layer of is that parent literate to read in their native language? Because you may be orally fluent, but you may not have reading literacy. And so those are like the other things. So I've been talking to schools about you. I know this is time. I know everybody's strapped for people and bodies and resources, but if you can add a video component, that will be helpful for the people who can understand the audio, but may not be able to read it. So that, those, I think those are like the little nuances that get lost because some schools are like, we're, we're helping parents. We're sending stuff to parents. We're we are doing all these things. I'm like, but did you check the quality of these things? Did you like, you know, do some spot checks to see that if somebody opened this, this is really work. So you guys, Ashley, you mentioned, well, we're probably going to talk about a whole bunch of topics. And you mentioned the word discipline. And discipline seems to be the thing that comes up a lot or just discipline as in what students do and also discipline as in how teachers or admin discipline students in the system from um, racist hair policies um, that target um, black children um, to dress codes that Tend to target um, kids who may be more fuller in their their body frame, um, and then you have how kids are being treated. I know, for example, NPU was behind. I can't remember the young lady's name um, who the teacher had cut her hair, and how where the consequences for that. So when you guys have worked with parents who had an issue with their child's behavior, but they're having an issue of kind of getting on the same page with the school, how talk to us through like a real life scenario, like how you guys would approach that. Um, parent, and what things will you say to that parent to do to try to get a resolution? Um, especially when you know, because that could be re or they're getting in school suspension, out of school suspension, getting expelled. How do you work with the discipline um, when it comes to parents' um, advocacy?
2: Well, with in the situation with Journey, um, Journey, yes, 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 yes. in Michigan, um, we. Read the story. We it got to us what happened, but the majority of times it's the families that reach out to us. They they tell us they have a situation going on in their child's school. When someone reaches out to us, um, I can give an example without you know divulging too much personal information. A parent reached out to us from Pennsylvania. Her child attends uh, attended what is considered a private. Uh, Quaker school Um, and let us know what happened with her child specifically. Mom felt that it was retaliatory against her because she is considered a parent activist in that school community. Well, what we do is we ask the parents or guardians to send us the policies of the school. And what a lot of parents don't realize is that, especially those that have children that attend private institutions when your child attends that elite private institution, you are asked to sign a document. And that document ends up being you signing your rights away as a parent or guardian. So yes, your child goes to a very um, influential elite school. That is because maybe even considered a mad school in their community. But if you're asked to sign a piece of paper Be very mindful of what you sign because you can basically say, if anything were to happen to my child, I have no recourse. And that is what happened in that instance. Although what happened to that that parent's child was a horrible thing. We really could not do more for her except explain to her, yes, you can go against this entity legally, But they have it in the contract that if they have to go to court, you, the parent or guardian, will be liable for attorney's fees. And any time that a member of that school institution has to go to court, you'll also be responsible paying them for their time. So it's a lot of things that people don't understand. In the case of Journey, a lot of rights were violated. She went to was considered a public school, not a private school. Um, they did go to litigation, which was a sealed settlement. But we did help the, the family, Mr. Hoffmeyer. We helped him in understanding the process. He was helped with getting um, legal representation, you know, and help and and help for for his daughter. She that suffered through a traumatic experience by someone that was not authorized putting their hands on his child and cutting her hair without his permission or knowledge. So anyone that comes to us with an issue, whether it's a, a issue of discrimination and bias, whether it's, it's just it's straight out uh, neglect, um, any, is, any issue, typically the family or guardians come to us, and then we look, We have people in our policy division that they specialize in looking at what the state law is, what the city law is, what the district policy and law is for anything pertaining to a child, whether it's transportation, IEP, 504 plan accommodations, all of those things families need to understand. You do have rights. And it's just a matter of just like Ashley said, understanding what those rights are, because once that's a lot of things they don't like. Once you have that information, you can't lose it. Once you gain that power, No one can take it from you, and once you exercise that power, it's all within us, once they exercise it and say, no, I know my rights, that's when people take notice. And sometimes you get called a troublemaker, but that's okay.
0: It's okay to disrupt. And I like what you said, because I think the key thing that you said is that you need to know what the rules are. You need to know what the policies are, whether it is MPU, helping you understand the policy, your first recourse. If there's like an issue with discipline around your child, you have to know what the rules are, the school rules, the district rules, the city rules, the state rules, and sometimes maybe the nationwide rules to figure out what that goes in. But Ashley, I I saw you. Yes,
1: I agree with both of you. Everything you've said, um, that was The first thing I thought about is know your student code of conduct, know the discipline policies. um, What is it? And preferably know it prior to you getting into a situation. When you step into that school, read everything. If you're struggling with reading, take it to someone else and say, hey, what does this mean? And then ask questions. Be okay with asking questions, because guess what? If those individuals who are there running that school, if they had a question about any policy when they were enrolling their children in the school, they're going to ask questions. They're going to ask for clarity. What is this? What does this mean? Um, That doesn't make sense to me. They're going to ask those type of questions, and they're also going to lift up things that they don't want to sign because they don't believe that it's equitable. Okay. So be okay with lifting those things up when it comes to those policies and sharing that information, because ultimately we have the right, we get to know our rights and um, being able to flex those rights too. And just like what everyone's been saying, it's like, yes, sometimes you are known as a troublemaker. um, And sometimes the right people will see you as like, Hey, you're a voice. Um, And I feel like I wouldn't have been able to elevate in this space if folks in the space of education saw me as a nuisance. You know, because I definitely ruffle feathers. I'm definitely not going to always be nice about it. Um, and I've definitely grown with my delivery uh, to school leaders and CEOs, etc. over the years. However, they see still that value in it because there's still a value add for parents who are strong parents. Because guess what? They want these strong PTOs. They want these strong PTAs. And a strong PTO and PTA nowadays is not just about baking pies and cakes, baby. We have so many issues across the space of education that we need to be lifting up what are the real issues, how we increase the academic outcomes, how are we reducing the opportunity debt? Because no, it's not in the achievement gap. It's not on the baby, but it's the opportunity debt that is owed to these children to receive a quality education. How are we doing all of these things? And if a PTO or PTA is moving in a direction, they're talking about bake sales and fundraising and all of those things and not functioning and knowing the whole big picture, then a school is missing out. Seriously. So also another thing, just simply knowing going back to knowing your rights across the board, that piece is so, so important. And if, if you don't know everything, you don't feel like you're ignorant or you're, oh, I'm stupid or that's a stupid question. There's no such thing when it comes to your baby and their future, okay? So I'm gonna ask every question, whether or not it sounds dumb or not. What does those three letters mean right there? Okay, that's what that means. And be okay and find comfort in that, okay? Because what I found is that many times when um i've seen students be in different situations um inside of a school students who uh parents- know that they have an IEP, and they're out of school for well over 10 days in a row because of an issue that has happened, knowing that, hey, knowing your rights, knowing that that's not supposed to happen, and just simply lifting that up and reminding them, because someone made that decision who probably didn't know either, because I've also seen in some of the schools where they don't understand the policy, and so you're it's not that they're really sticking it to the man by doing something wrong to you, it's because the people who are making the decisions, who are serving even IEPs, they don't have enough people in the building to make it make sense to who knows these laws as well so what i found is in my work i've not only educated the parent but i've been educating teachers as well and school leaders as well because sometimes the policies and laws are changing so fast they're just sticking and moving and they're moving and the moment that you lift it up you might be planting a seed that they didn't know anything about i'm not saying that they're not wrong for some of the decisions that they've made what i'm saying is they're human We're all human, and sometimes there are things that are happening all the time. We have a new legislative session every single year, hundreds of policies are passed. And if they know about all of those, then baby, that's a miracle, okay? Um, so (laughs) at the end of the day, let's give some grace in some of these spaces, and also recognizing that those parents have the opportunity to say, I'm going to lift this up. This is what's going wrong. This is what's happening. What are the rules, regulations? How do you need to step in to really be able to add value to the situation? How do you know your rights and step into that space? How do you move up the ranks and work it properly? How do you make sure that you keep a paper trail? Because a paper trail is not just about I might tell on you if you don't do the right thing. Sometimes it's simply for them to circle back and say, I remember I saw an email and I missed it because we're human. because we're human so there's a lot of human error that happens in the space of education just like any other space and then there's also some um intentional uh, issues that happen as well and we are working against both of those okay we're working against the grain and we're always having to be on our toes to advocate and sometimes it might feel like really tiring i don't know if you guys have ever felt just tired like oh why well, am i always fighting i'm always fighting there's always something we should always be disrupting the status quo because the moment we get real comfortable, something is a muck that ain't right. Okay. No. Um, it's never, yes. the system is never going to be perfect all the time. Our every generation, new things are changing. I mean, who knew 15, 20 years ago, we'd be heavy in technology in a pandemic, having education on a Zoom. But now we're living in that space and we're working to master it, right? So now there's even more online programs, online schools have opened open who have been able to master it and do even better than what's been done before. And so all of this opportunity, we should always be disrupting the status quo, always. And be okay with that and live in that space. And don't feel like you have to get disrespectful when you deliver. You deliver because the knowledge is power and you
0: better live and sit in that well, you've dropped a lot of, lot of information there. And I think you guys are both lifted up the same thing about asking for things and asking what you don't know. I mean, and I will even share personally, when my sons were in elementary school, we was on the little struggle bus. Um, and they're going to be straight up. Then <laughs> we was on the little struggle bus. And, pro- and we try to be proactive because my sons were in a preschool, um, private preschool, and one of them was asked to leave. So we kept one there and took the other one to another private preschool. And so we're like, we're going to be proactive. We're going to go to the elementary school, you know, we're going to talk to them about our kids' needs and their behavior, blah, 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 they being twins and whatnot. And my one kid was just not getting, he was at the other, when he got asked to leave the one private preschool, goes to the other private preschool, it's successful. But then when he goes to his boundary elementary school, falls off the tracks again unbeknownst to me that my kid was getting kicked out of class every single day, I had no clue. And a parent calls me, a parent who happened to be in the building like, hey, Mrs. Barnes, do you know your kid was in the hall today? So I called the teacher, what is my kid doing in the hall? And so the next thing I asked for, because I'm like, I'm a teacher, so I put my teacher hat on. I said, send me the discipline file. I asked for it. And a lot of times parents don't know you can ask for that record whenever you feel like it. And they got X amount of days that they're supposed to deliver it. they sent this thing it was pages i hadn't been called one time so my next step was what does the policy say about when you discipline my child so i write back to them on such and such page and this code says that when you are doing x you remove a child i'm supposed to be called so according to this document i haven't been called and so from there that kind of opened because when i was saying this to one of the teachers she was just like oh well i didn't know now I don't know if she didn't know if she didn't want to call me that's up for debate but back to what ashley's saying sometimes they don't really know what the policies are or how they are are interpreted because i always tell people you have the written policy that's one aspect of the policy you have the interpretation of the policy and then you have the implementation of the policy and that is three different buckets so bucket one is just like okay what does the policy say then you got to figure out how are people using the policy and then how is it being implemented and sometimes everybody don't read the policy and we all got fit. it's like we all watch the same movie we all may have a different summary of what happened in that movie and so that's why i tell parents like and sometimes parents like i'm about to pop up i'm like hold up let's just have a conversation <laughs> about what happened to see if we could all get on the same page because a lot of times when people it's easy to pop off on the phone but i don't see your face send a nasty email, but when I'm sitting there looking across from you and you can see, like, this teacher really cares, this admin really cares, or they was really trying with your kid and they want them to be successful, then you can kind of get somewhere with that. So I just want to tell parents, if you're listening, uh, yes, you need to figure out what the stuff says, but then you also have to figure out what does that mean. And sometimes it's just by asking questions and meeting with people and starting with the source, because sometimes parents are like, I'm going to email the superintendent. i'm going to tell you what happens when you email the superintendent a he probably is not going to respond because he got a secretary for that (laughs) so the secretary is going to filter out stuff and the secretary is probably not even going to tell the superintendent she's going to find out what their school principal was and tell the school principal superintendent may not have ever seen that email so i tell people if you're going to get to that part you're going to have to work through the teacher the assistant principal the principal then you may get up there, but you got to do your due diligence and that is exhausting. It is absolutely exhausting. But I say to parents, doesn't your child deserve that? Doesn't your child deserve you to give your all? Should it have to be like that? No, obviously. Um, so the next thing I want to ask you guys about is academics. How have you been helping parents when, you know, Ashley, you said your kids of F school. Uh, when I actually met Ashley. I met her in her heyday. I saw Ashley at the school board meeting up in the mic. I was like, "Who is this chick? I gotta talk to her." And that's how we met, because there was something very captivating about her in this microphone, And what was so interesting was like, "I don't care how I look. I don't care how I sound. I am. I don't figure it out, could they out rules." You got to sign up in advance and you got to be in the room when your name is called. And then when you get down to the microphone, you have X amount of minutes. So it's like after you law the rules, but when you got to the mic, you were just like, these are my kids. And sometimes things happen because nobody shows up. They're like, well, we found a survey. We had public comment. Nobody came. So I guess nobody cares. Uh, another conversation about how it's at an inconvenient time and they don't provide childcare. That's a whole other conversation for another time. Uh, but academics. So when you have parents who are like, my kid's not learning. My kid can't read. My kid can't add. Um, my kid got substitute after substitute. My baby is struggling. They said there's no tutoring. How do you help parents um, who may even themselves not even have completed an education or they completed an education, but they're not academic enough to understand even what is wrong or what to ask for. So how do you help in that lane with, um, when you're advocating? Oh, my goodness. Well, what, one thing
2: I can say as far as academics and the resources that are made available to families, there is a lot of availability out there. There are a lot of available programs out there in many cities, in many states across this country. What I've seen, what we have seen, many of us in the the education advocacy space is access to these programs. They can have programs all across your school community, but unless someone takes the time to share this information with families and let them know this is available to your child, we won't have, we won't be able to get into it. Um, in the city of Philadelphia, they're offering tutoring. Okay, when is the tutoring being offered? What time is it being offered? Uh, is it at a time that I'll be able to pick up my child if I'm a working parent? You know, if it's on the weekends, you know, if, if the child is going to be there for four hours, are you going to feed that child? Am I going to have to feed them before I get them there? You know, if it's, if it's more than two miles from my home, are you going to provide assistance to get my child to and from? All these things have to be taught, thought, thought about. And then as far as being able to gauge whether or not your child is learning, they really have to do better at giving families information once children take these assessments. Don't give me last year's assessments this school year when my child takes that test make sure the families have the information in a decent amount of time so that there's if, if there's things that we need to put in place to help that child have it either finish out that previous school year successfully already be prepared for the income incoming school year an individualized learning plan is something that every child needs if a child has that that new teacher that they're going to get Come the end of August or the beginning of September, they will already know in advance what this student struggles were, but also what their successes were. And it shouldn't be a whole new thing each and every year. I have to get to know this child. They should be able to get the information from the previous school year's instructor or teacher to let them know this is where the child was successful. This is where this child, you know, struggled a little bit so they can then plan and help
0: them. And I also say, if you're going to report home, whether it's your standardized test, NWA data, uh, math test, English test, if you get the test at home and you don't know what this means, call somebody. Because a lot of times what happens to me um, in Indiana, we have a test called Ivory 3 So to take it to see if you're reading it thir- by the time you get to third grade, if you don't pass it, you're supposed to be held back, but there's some other things that can happen where you don't get held back. But it's like this kind of test. I remember, and this would be my kids actually didn't take it. So they were part of the, the class that didn't take it. The pandemic happened that year. But the pandemic hadn't happened yet. So we went out to the callback meeting for it. And on my way to the car, my husband, oh, this man was just like, here we go again. Parents were stopping me like, hey, can you tell me? So we sat through this whole 30-minute presentation. They gave each of us a packet for our kids, specialized to our kids' gaps. Parents said to their whole thing, I didn't feel comfortable asking questions. So, on my way to my car, numerous parents pulled out things from their packet and was asking me questions about what was in the packet. And part of that hurt my heart because it was like, yes, I can answer. Y'all know who I am. Of course, I'm going to answer. But there's a disconnect when, even when we have meetings at the school and the parents, you get the parents in the seat and they still don't feel safe or feel comfortable. Um, asking a question about something that is so important. So uh, I think the other thing that we are saying, even though we haven't directly say is that parents are going to have to take a little risk. They're going to have to, you know, work work through their fear of not knowing and not maybe saying it as eloquently as they want to say it and working through that fear, because that's real, it's real fear. Like I have fear sometimes when I'm in spaces and I don't understand I asked a lot of questions. I couldn't under my kids middle school. They go to every class three times a week. One time is in the morning. One time is in the middle of the day. One time is at the end of the day. And it's a rotating block. And I have taught on block schedule. But I sat in this meeting like, what the heck is this? Why, why, why are we going in three? How am I kid going to remember? And how? And then I'm like, if I had to pick up my kid, how am I supposed to know what class? Like I had panic, and I'm a teacher sitting here. And I said to myself, okay, I'm just gonna have to ask some questions. And, you know, even being an educator, I felt like, oh, shanta you should be able to figure this out. You a teacher, you don't taught on block schedule, not this one. And so I'm just saying that to people, because sometimes people think you it doesn't matter how much education you have. Each school is different. So even if I'm a teacher, I'm walking in this school, I haven't taught in this school, I don't know how the school operates. So don't feel ashamed. Uh, to ask questions at, at your school, um, just work through it, because nine times out of 10, there are people that are like, oh, gosh, so finally asked me a question. I've been dying, dying to talk about this. So, um, Ashley, I'll let you share a little bit about how you guys have been um, helping parents, especially when the issue is academics.
1: Yes. So yes, academics. So one, uh, Freedom Reader, Um, we actually developed a curriculum to teach parents how to teach their kids how to read based on the science of reading principles. We're like, okay, Yes, we can put information out there. We created binders with all of the lessons in it, um, something that they cannot use as like guided as we're going through the workshop. We offered them virtually so the transportation was not an issue, and we could engage families from all across the city, and it was an absolute movement. We want parents to become those Freedom Reader champions because as Maritza said, say, and I always say parents are the first and most important teacher. I put that extra oomph on it because I'm like, yes they are. They're co-parenting with teachers every year. Every 10 months, I'm co-parenting with someone new. Me communicating with you and you got to know when my child had a rough night in order to know how you're going to process him, he or she when they walk through those doors. It also determines how you see them for that day. If I don't share that information with you, you're going to perceive it from whatever your lens is. And baby, no, I'm going to put my lens on for you. Hey, let me let you know, they had a rough night. Uncle passed away last night. That was his favorite uncle. I just want to make sure you know that. Right. So when we start talking about education, everything about how a child walks into a space and everything that they're doing at home, is all about education. And the interesting thing is like going through this journey with developing this curriculum. And this is our first year doing this and it won't be our last. We're actually going to offer it again in fall because a lot of families were like offer this again. The thing about it is they don't know. And so creating a safe space where parents can sit and really say, I'm learning and I feel brave to answer and ask questions, Um, they're jumping in and saying like, hey, I have this question, even after the Zoom, they're sending us emails like, hey, Um, I have a college degree, but um, I really don't know where I'm at with my literacy scores right now. Um, Is there a way for me to, you know, be assessed? Because I've always struggled and I see my child or my children are going through the same thing. And I never connected it until we got to talking about phonics and understanding the basic principles of like how to teach reading. And so we can talk about academics across the board, but we also recognize that if a child does not learn to read, then they cannot read to learn later on and that is just one of those game-changing moves oh, just actually
0: uh, uh, tell us is there a secondary benefit to the parents learning this information share that as well Yes. So the parents learning this information, is pretty much just like, hey,
1: how are you learning this? And then an opportunity because we also formulated a partnership with the city of Indianapolis with the mayor's office. So ultimately, these parents who are going through this program, they also get an opportunity to potentially have a part-time job as a tutor in schools, right? So the benefit of parents becoming the tutors, because now you got moms who are auntie mamas naturally. Okay. They like anybody kid that I see, I'm going to pull them on to the side and let me talk to them. Now you teach them this intense training, okay? They get intense training through these part-time jobs with the city of Indianapolis. Shout out to the mayor's office in Indianapolis, okay? Because they formulated this partnership and made a $1 million commitment off of the strength of RISE Indy saying, this is necessary. Let's write this program. Let's partner in this so we can create a groundswell for children. Because we're talking about tutors, but how do we create tutors from parents, right? And then those parents take those same tools and take them right on home, and then they're teaching their own kids. So now you got this groundswell of like, how are you really truly developing the community? And you're creating jobs for parents who never had this type of access. And then an interesting thing is that we we didn't prepare for this part. They had the pilot in spring, and those parents who were tutors, They now want to become educators. So let's talk about the teacher pipeline, black and brown teacher pipeline, because majority of our parents that we serve are predominantly African-American and Latinx. And we recognize that those are the children who are greatly impacted. When we start seeing some of these numbers and some of these scores that are skewed or some of these scores that are low, we also recognize that those are the ones who are falling below that opportunity debt as well. And so ultimately we're like, how are we going to become game changers? Our goal was to keep committing policy, all of those things. But this year we were like, oh, we have to get in there. And we get to get in there and we get to dive deeper and we get to mobilize parents around these issues too. And they get to show up to the state house at advocating for these literacy policies as well. Because ultimately when you're talking about creating that groundswell and you're talking about freedom reader, they are learning how to read the NWEA scores. They are learning how to read the I scores. They're coming home and they see these little running men and different colors and stuff on these pages. And they like, well, they run it. I mean, but I don't know what the colors mean. I don't know what the language means. <laughs> where are they running to? Baby, they're running to the green. So we explain it in a way where we're like, we're making it fun and we're engaging them because they like, we run into the green. The goal is to get to this green. You see his little arms? We're trying to get him to move it. And how do we get them to move in? And what part do you play in that? Because we can't just step back and say that it's only the school's responsibility because as Black people, okay, it's never been just the school's responsibility. We've always educated in our communities. We've always educated in our homes. And so now now how we got away from that and that trust that trust is still there but we also get to trust ourselves again to be able to invest in our children to be sure that we're closing some of those gaps so understanding those scores and then taking those scores from there and say hey teacher let's talk about what my child's commitment is to increasing these scores, okay? And I don't mean just the children who might be struggling, who might be behind, but the children who are right at grade level two and the children who are also advanced. Because the thing is, is sometimes you get children who are really far advanced in a school that has majority of the children are academically behind and they don't believe that they can, oh, my baby's doing really well. But if your baby is gonna keep getting their learning accelerated and keep getting those wheels turned, they also need the parent to be engaged at home too how are we accelerating your baby's learning too because they get to be accelerated as well and so how do we create those spaces at home how do we co-parent and partner with the schools in order to say okay this is where my child is at i need your help with understanding this I need your help with understanding this. And what does this look like practically at home with me working with them? And don't send home no workbooks and all this and say, this is what you do. No, 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 no. That's not what it is. How do you make reading fun? How do you make math fun? You have someone... Um, you know, you have Dr. Patrick Jones in the city who has written books all around mathematics and how kids can have fun with mathematics. And I'm spacing the name of his book, but oh my goodness, like to attend one of his sessions this past Saturday and to see what is possible and all of these fun games. I was like, even me, this engaged parent, so many things that I didn't know. But all it takes is us knowing about those resources, tapping into those resources and through our Freedom Reader program, we're like any resource that we know you're going to know about. We're going to connect you to it. How do we bring in all of these resources and say, hey, you might have to create another space? Because I've definitely been on the phone with some folks in our community saying, oh, I'm sorry, for some reason. Okay, I've definitely been, can you guys hear me? Yep. Okay, I've definitely been on the phone with some of these community organizations and saying, I'm not going to sit there and just hold you accountable without showing you how to do it. How can you do it? And how can I help you create a safe space? Because these parents who have been vulnerable with us, because we create really vulnerable spaces, and we're like, this is a safe space. And if you go into that school and you don't feel safe, then how, uh, as you as the parent, how do you create that safe space? Because you get to do that. You get to show them how it's done and everything that makes you feel safe. Is it about you knowing more about the principal, you knowing more about the teacher? Hey, do you have kids? How do you create that and cultivate that? Because long gone are the days our children are in some struggling places. Our children deserve us being at our best. And if that means we get to be the people to cultivate that space and make it safe for us in order for us to be able to come in partnership and co-parent. Yes. My baby failed. And he's in his feelings about that. I cut, his hair off because he wasn't taking care of it. I just want to let you know what you need feelings about that because I don't need this to all impact their academics every day. And so when we get into that mindset of co-parenting and understanding, yes, we do play a role. I don't come down hard on parents. I'm just like, let's get in action with the moves. Let's get in action. The school has to get in action. They get to get in action. I ain't going to say have to. They get to get in action and the parents get to get in action too. And so teaching them how to do that is really key.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I earlier uh this year it was either this year or last year, because all of my episodes are running together, I talked to Bernita Bradley and Gwen uh, Samuel. And one of the things of both of those ladies um asserted was that parenting is an action word. <laughs> and I think both of you are talking about like if you're being a parent, you gotta do things. Like your your kid didn't say, Hey, I wanna come come here. Like you made a decision. And so with that decision came, like, I have to do things. Uh, and the other thing I think teachers don't really get prepared for coming out of college is that many times, not only are we teaching the kid, we're teaching the parents. We have to teach, the, like, sometimes when I used to, when I like, early teaching, you know, had no kids, I was at school from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., doing home visit with my colleagues, you know, but when I would go in there, that was really such a memorable experience because I was, just, I'm like, so where does your kid do, do their homework? And you, you would just see parents sit there like, I hadn't thought about that. And so, like, even having those conversations with, like, because I talk to schools, like, in your beginning of your school, your newsletter, say questions to say, hey, uh, we're going to have, you know, about an hour of homework a week. Make sure your kid has a quiet space in your home to be able to do homework you know, give them a bookmark that says, hey, after your kid reads this, ask a question about what they read. So be proactive, because there's a way because some schools are insulting the parents, you can give tips to parents without insulting their intelligence by just bringing something to their attention. Because a lot of leave it with my boys, I'm assuming they're doing their work because they're both 12 now. So but I still have to be like, whoa, whoa, did you do your homework? Oh, no, because, I, you know, I, you know, I was hungry. You just had something to eat. What me, you, mean you was hungry. I need to sit down and do your homework. And so even myself and even if you have responsible kids, parenting is an action word. I got to get in there. I got to be, be in your butt and be like, do your work like <laughs> right now. You've got to do it right now. So we're getting close, close, close to wrapping up and we're getting close, especially in Indiana with school year starting. In Indiana, we have this lovely thing called the balanced calendar. Uh, it's not year-round school, but uh, it means that some people um, in our state go back to school at the end of July. So some people are going back really, really soon, uh, which means some teachers actually, I know some teachers that went back to work this week um, in Indiana, Indianapolis in particular. Uh, so we're already getting in the mode of going back to school. And in Indiana, most people do go back to school before Labor Day. So by the first few weeks of August, everyone's gonna be back to school. So thinking about school years starting up, what advice do you have for parents? Because I know you guys earlier said, read the student handbook, you know know the student code. What advice do you have for parents as their school is coming up to be ready to hit the ground running so they're proactive and not reactive and having to reach out to get help?
2: I would um, advise families to not just wait until back to school night to reach out to their children's educators. Um, The first few days of school, if you're able to um, reach out to that educator and exchange information, say, you know, and ask them, what is your preferred method of communication? Because I'm going to let you know mine. Um, Voicemails on my phone, never going to work. What's best. Shoot me a text. And if I don't respond, then send me an email. But I'm very good and very fast at texting. Um, And ask them, what is their preferred method? What is their turnaround time for responses? Say, listen, you know, let them know when things are coming up. If you are a, a, a family member that travels a lot for work, let them know. I'm traveling this week. If something comes up, speak to my partner or speak to my sister or speak to my mom. Someone is gonna be in charge of handling things while the, what's considered maybe the main communicator in the family household is not reachable. You know, just be transparent with that communication and hopefully it'll help in letting that educator know, let's start on the right foot for this year instead of waiting until there's an issue. I'm not gonna call it a problem when there's an issue or a challenge for you to have that first contact with that child's family.
1: Yep. I I agree with everything this being said. Um and I definitely I believe that you know back to school that is a critical time for you to get that contact information for the teacher um, and really be able to connect with them um, because it does start establishing that rapport and as I mentioned before, the whole co-parenting piece of it, it's like sit down because you got a lot of catching up to do with this teacher on the, the journey that your child has had. Like, let me sit down with you. When they when teachers are asking those questions, like, tell me about your child. A lot of times parents, we don't go in prepared. prepare. We're like, oh, you know, they like playing with this or, you know, we real scratch the surface. But guess what? If we are sending our child with the other parent right and they need to know something really critical how detailed do we get oh they scratched their knee earlier today that's why the band-aids on the knee this is why this is happening we have to be just as detailed with the teacher. Like, let's sit down and have an intentional conversation about this is my a child's journey. I noticed something. I know the previous teacher said that was okay, but, you know, they were seeing some letters that were backwards, but I don't really know. I don't know if they're struggling with this. It seems like they struggle at home. Like, what, what does that look like? Because now you're accelerating the opportunities of the impact that that teacher can make, and that's because you are the first and most important teacher. You're always going to be alongside of those teachers, so sit down and really be be intentional on what are the things that these teachers, that the new teacher, really should know about your kids, and what are some of the things that you're like? Mm, I've not shared this with anybody, but I noticed this um, because sometimes some of those noticeable things, because a, a teacher, there might have been a rotating door of teachers in the classroom the year before, and really there's a missed opportunity for an I, IEP five hundred four, or just some additional support, or maybe a child is responding to some trauma that's just resurfacing again, and no one's really paid attention or known about it. It's not. That that those are their intentions, but those are some of the things that, hey, I want to share this. This is their experience. Um, sometimes just knowing, hey, what does the household dynamic look like? I think Marissa, she was just speaking on this. Like, what's the dynamic of the household okay um you know he visits his father on these days or this is what this looks like it's a real sensitive subject if you hear anything about you know their father or if somebody say yo daddy even if they don't know his dad he's gonna respond to it like these are some of the things that i've had to explain to teachers every single year about my youngest son even it's just like we we get to explain these things we get to share and it just brings them into our world without them having to wait months before they identify something and they're like, what is going on? Oh, I forgot to tell you. This is what's going on. They shouldn't have to find that out. We already know that, right? right and we are right. the first and most important teacher. So sharing that information is really important. Another thing that I think is really important is before the beginning of the school year, get the commitment. What's your child's commitment for to that school year? What are their intentions walking into the school year? And teaching them about the intentions walking into the school year. Hey, I want to in strong. Um, There were certain things I didn't like. I want to make a few friends this year. I want to be able to connect. Um, I want to improve on these things because then we get to know the why behind, like what matters to our children as well. And we take that right into that conversation as well and let our children lead those conversations. And then when you walk in, you've already made your commitment. What's your commitment to your child's education this year? And then also the child has made their commitment. Now you both are going in meeting with the teacher and you're asking what is their commitment so this is a three-way partnership that we have going on this year and we're all co-parenting with these teachers every single year because it's an absolute movement and my goal as parent is to always add value and to make sure that I can bridge any gaps because you might not have known my child for these last few years but I want to accelerate the opportunity for you to build this relationship and for you to have some intentional information from the very jump get-go and that I'm intentional about whatever safe spaces I get to create with you to be sure that i'm feeling vulnerable enough to share some of the things that might be embarrassing might feel shameful for me but unpacking all of those old things for us as parents creates a healthier space for our children when it comes to relationships and that includes relationships with teachers so those are some of my recommendations also knowing where your child is at academically beginning of year assessments get that information and go right into a follow-up meeting. Hey, what, what are we doing next? What the first quarter looking like? What the second quarter? What are some realistic goals? Can my kids set their own goals, et cetera, et cetera. But you can always reach out and I'm sure we're going to talk about that. You can always reach out for additional information to organizations who are doing the work. Well, that to be is able support you.
0: great segue, Ashley. So I'm going to give you guys one minute, one minute. <laughs> and I want you to tell us um, how, we can connect with you. So if there's a parent out there that wants to connect with you guys and to learn more, or they may have more questions that we didn't get to get to. Um, So Ashley, I'm going to start with you. I'm going to give you uh, one minute to share your contact information and how people can connect.
1: Okay. So I'm here at Rise Indy. You can reach me at Thomas at riseindy.org or go to our website at www.riseindy.org. That's R-I-S-E-I-N-D-Y.org. You can also, uh, I'll share information with Educator Barn for if any parent is interested in becoming a tutor for the city of Indianapolis to work a part-time job to increase outcomes for kids. That's another opportunity. And thank you so much.
2: Uh, My name is Maritza Birdy. My email is Maritza, my first name, at npunion.org. If anyone is interested in finding information out about the National Parents Union, www.npunion.org. We are also on Facebook. We have we have a main page, National Parents Union, and we also have regional pages. So whatever part of the country that you are in, all 50 states, including Puerto Rico, you can find us, you can reach out to us, and you can talk to us. We're always available to speak with any parent, guardian, or family member that wants more information to help advocate for their child.
0: Well, ladies, this was a great episode i think you guys shared a lot of information that was helpful for parents and i, I the takeaway i have even as the parent participating this, is this ask questions and start early so like indiana people <laughs> now <laughs> it's the time to start because some of y'all kids are going back to school next week so now is the time to start so tomorrow let's let's get a game plan um, so thank you guys for being here maritza And Ashley and everybody else, I I will see you next month (laughs) or next week or whatever on the next episode.
2: (laughs) Thank you.